Christmas, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Claus. And today we're going to be looking at a few games we've been playing lately. We're going to do a review of Paladins of the West Kingdom. Then we're going to do a top five game designer list. So thanks for joining us for episode number 30. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his Santa hat on, wrapped entirely in Christmas lights, and then he has wrapping paper around all of his toes, wrapped individually. Why are you dressed up like that, sir, Dean? It's Christmas time in the city, my Christmas friend. time! Wait, did you say Grimace time? Christmas time. Grimace from McDonald's. That's the the cool kids say Christmas. Christmas? No, mm. they don't. That's what they do. That is not flame. Yeah. Um. Hey, Meeple Town, go to the Board Game Geek Guild and post something about Christmas time. How do you spell that? However you want to. That's, that's not. <laughs> that's not how the English language works. Oh, yep. So uh, it is Christmas time, though. It is. Are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. We are moved, which is nice. So I'm not packing. All I'm doing is unpacking now. But yeah, yeah, that's we're the unfun once, part. Yeah, once we get the house like presentable, because we have we have family a family Christmas at our house in like a week. So once we get to that point, I think we'll be more excited. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, if, you know, Thanksgiving was so late this year. It was the 28th, and I know that because that's my mama's birthday, and her birthday was on Thanksgiving. It seems like Christmas is just fully on so quick right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like, and I know that happens a lot of years, but it just seems like, especially because of that, wow, it's just like almost here. We're like less than two weeks away. By the time when this episode drops, we'll be about a week away from Christmas. Man, are your kids hype about it, Dean, or eh? Yeah, I mean, they are. I feel like they're normally more hype than than usual, but it's just, you know, everything's just been so different this year. It hasn't really felt like we just got our Christmas tree up this last week, which wow, we would have a, already had it up for like three weeks by now. That's an epic fail. It is. You should have put it up fail. at your old house, then taken it down, and then put it up at your new house. We could have done that. We if talked you really about loved it. Christmas. Oh, I really love Christmas. Do. And once I start playing Christmas board games, which I've not done yet, I literally the I same feel... exact thing. I asked my kids this morning. I asked Jonah. I said, "Hey, buddy. So let's. Uh, what do you want to do this afternoon? You want to play Santa's Workshop, or do you want to do a baseball highlights tournament?" And he said, "Baseball highlights tournament." Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I, I like that game better, but I do want to play Santa's Workshop before it's Christmas. So, I'll get some Christmas games played. Uh, actually, hopefully tomorrow. But if not, um, over the weekend when we have family over. My wife's family really enjoys games, and they love... Uh, we introduced them to Santa's Workshop last year and Christmas Tree, I think the year before. Maybe that was last year, too. And they like both of those, so I'm guessing we're going to play some of those. Can I put you on the spot? Yeah. Favorite Christmas game? Uh, you can't put me on that spot, because actually... <laughs> I, my plan, you said yes! My plan was to do a, a top five oh, okay. list, but I won't get it out this year. I just don't have time, but I... Santa's Workshop is my favorite Christmas game. I think Christmas Tree is probably my second. That was pretty good. 
I've only played it once though, once or twice. Christmas tree or yeah. Okay. Did I've, we play that together? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have that okay. game. All right. I don't have any other friends either. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah. I and also well yeah I'll leave it at that. Those are my two favorite. I think the ugly Christmas sweater. We talked about that on the show. Uh, that's a fun game as well. I, I quite enjoy that one. So. Well, let me uh, do a poll based on what we're talking about real quick. Huh? All right. So last night I decided to ask the question, how many Christmas movies, Christmas movies have you watched this season? We've got none, one to four, five to nine, ten plus. When did the Hallmark Christmas movie extravaganza oh start? Oh my gosh. What? You love Hallmark Christmas movies. I uh, it explains a lot, Meeple Town. It explains I, I'm a trying to lot. figure out the minds of Meeple Town, not myself. You think Meeple Town I've not follows watched it. you? I've in... only watched one Hallmark Christmas movie this year, actually. That's should a that disappointment. Be, should that be our next board game geek guild uh, question? How many, how many Hallmark Christmas movies? Because I could emphatically say none, and I never want to watch one. None Hallmark Christmas movies. My mom used to watch that, some of those, and, and my wife loves those, and I despise them. They're fun to watch. I quite enjoy them. <sighs> They're the... <laughs> <laughs> this is there's the a worst. there's a this podcast. episode's going south quick. There's a podcast called uh, Deck the Hallmark. Have you have you heard of that? Have we talked about that before? No. Where you have these three guys that are basically they're, they're not just reviewing. I don't I don't listen to all their podcasts, uh, all the episodes of it. But you have one that really loves Hallmark movies, one that hates them, and one that is kind of okay on them. And they just kind of break down. That's a good the different. That's movies. a good thought. It's a really good podcast. And if it was all like. Or all dislike it wouldn't be near as fun, right? I like right. it. But to listen to to their critiques of them, based on their uh, based on their their leaning towards those movies, it's 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 pretty entertaining. That's cool. I would be on the like category, not. Oh love. yeah, you would. They're all the same. They're all the same. It's the same story. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple variations of it. But when they try to stray from that, I'm like, this isn't a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the script. When someone pulls out an Uzi and starts yeah. blowing people away, you're like, hold up a second. What's going on over here? But they did. Uh, <laughs> they they talked about on one of their episodes about uh, they had a, uh, a guest. They had a, a guest from an actor from the movies that came on their podcast. And he said that one of the movies that they did, if I remember this right, they started recording the day after Thanksgiving for this movie. They shot the movie and did all the post everything and had the movie done within like two weeks. Everything wow. for it to air within two weeks. That's crazy. That's nuts. How are we That's, on this? That is the, Can we not talk about Christmas actually, Vacation? No, we're going to talk about Hallmark Christmas movies this, this oh episode. Oh my gosh. But I think, can I turn this episode off right now? Let me finish my thought first and then you can. Okay, all yeah. right, so... I think that's a good recipe for a good Christmas movie is do it all in two weeks. Wow. I got to imagine like like Home Alone 3, that was probably a week and a half probably. That's we should film Mapletown the Christmas movie. <laughs> what do you think, Dean? It might be better than Home Alone 3. So what, where do you think Mapletown's at, dude? Where do oh, you think oh at? I need to answer this question. You need, you need to answer the question. None, 1 to 4, 5 to 9, 10 plus. At the time of this recording, it is December 13th. Yes, it's right. Friday the 13th. Five to five to nine, is that an option you said? Yes, sir. Five to nine. That's where most people are at? Yeah. That's sure. actually third. That's dead wrong. Where's the, where, where do you now take another guess? Strike one. The, what was the one right before that? One to four. One to four. Mm. One to four. Strike two. The last one. Ten plus? Ten plus. Yeah! 
you're out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how? Okay, you oh, put this up last night. I did. There's there's not a ton of votes, but okay. it's not it's not awful. It's not like three people voted either. But okay. zero is what most people put. Fifty percent have none written okay. on here. Um, we had a bunch of thirty thirty one percent have one to four, which I, that makes sense. Eighteen percent have five to nine. Zero percent have ten plus, which I, I understand that a little bit. I, I have never been that. more disappointed in Meeple Town. I'm telling you, what is going on? What you think people just you know what it is, Dean? We need jollier residents. That's I think what we it just is. don't have time for Christmas movies. Like we're we're doing so many things, and then we're like, on, to be real, last night I watched Raising Dion. Have you seen that, by the way? I don't even it's, know what that is. Okay, it's a pretty pretty good little Netflix superhero uh, kid. Like is a superhero kind of movie. I mean, show. We get on these binges and we're into our shows, and we don't have time to take a break for some Christmas movies. Have you, <laughs> have you watched Klaus on Netflix? I've wanted to. It's a classic, instant classic. It, really? Oh yeah, it's great. We've talked about that several times. We'll watch it before the Christmas. We started watching Noel on Disney Plus last night as well, and uh, I think that's going to be. That is. It's a uh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> You think we should move on to board games? Yes. You yes, because I'm so disappointed right now. We have all these new people that are listening like, what are these guys talking about? Let's get on to the games. I guess. But it's Christmas time. We have bah. to talk about some Christmas stuff. Well, right, let's do this before we do my, my second poll. Um, Wait, hold on. Do you fall in the zero category? Did you say that already? No, no, no. I'm five to nine. You're five to nine. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. I've I've watched um, all both Home Alones. Not all. The third one doesn't count. Uh, I've never watched that, and I will never watch that in my life. We just watched it, so it's fresh in my mind. My youngest one. The third it. one? Well, he wanted to watch Home Alone, and we're not ready to watch that yet because we haven't had the whole family together Does that to watch count? it. Do you count that? As a Christmas movie? As Home Alone. It's not Home Alone. Okay. I refuse to watch that. It's not good. Dude, if I saw that, if you had someone handed me the DVD, I would go outside and throw it in my fire pit, and I would burn it immediately. I'm not even kidding. Wow. That's how much that I do not want to watch that movie, and I despise that they use the Home Alone name for that movie and what do you i've never think about seen the, it what do you think about the remake that disney plus is doing of what of home alone they are yeah they're doing a new home alone oh gosh oh man is macaulay culkin in it <laughs> yes i would be hyped if it, <laughs> he's the negligent father that leads Dude, his child that home. would be amazing <laughs> if he was in it i would be super excited about it because he's he's a weirdo in a good way is, is it a good way i don't know maybe you read his book i like no <laughs> it's no. something okay it's something i like interesting people I mean, it's interesting, but it's like horror film. You've you've read it, or just parts of it? I, I I I have heard parts of it read to me. Not who's reading it? To not you? <laughs> that's creepy. One of my college hey, students Dean, bought it a few years ago. Let me read ago. this creepy Macaulay Culkin book to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, Sam. Please read it to me. <laughs> no, uh, no, Derek read it parts of it to me. <laughs> not good. I good. Let's move on. We need to stop talking about this. Let's look at the BGG question that we asked, and then we'll do one more quick poll. So, go oh, ahead, Dean. We, I posted it. I think I should be able to Well, I didn't this. know you had it ready to go. Go. All right. All right, Meeple Town. Here's your I question for the day. You're making a Christmas wish list on board games or board game accessories. What on said li- What is on said list? Let's hear your top five. That was what was posted on the Guild. I, I really... What is on said list? Come on, Dean. Yeah. Okay, do you have to be like that you have to be one of those guys what do you mean <laughs> like like intelligent sounding in, in, yeah proper english that's the stupidest crap i've ever seen all right i probably shouldn't have used the well, c word you I might have to we were a family friendly show you might have to bleep that one out um 
You forget about the fact that you're just like laying into me for using correct English. <laughs> That's not the problem. Hey, list out some of these. All right, so let me read some of these off. Andrew Graham said, Viticulture Essential Edition. Great yeah. option. Imperial Settlers, Empires in the yeah. North. Excellent. Decrypto, probably excellent. You've played this. I've not. Oh, I really like Decrypto. Yeah, I, I want to play a, this. Yeah, it's good. Uh, actually, I might get that played at a staff Christmas party in this next week, hopefully. Yeah, it's good. Biblios, excellent game. Mm-hmm. Wavelength. Never played. No idea. Yep. No idea. All right, I'm not going to read all these, but uh, Matt said Snowdonia Deluxe. Yes. yes. Excellent. Thunderstone <laughs> Quest, probably. I really want to play that one as well. Gaia I Project, too. I have zero interest in that. Uh, the battle, uh, the Memoir 44 Battle Map Expansions, Tigers in the Snow, Hedge, uh, the Hedgerow Hell, uh, that, those are the um, the ones that are really difficult to find. I thought they had reprinted those at some point, but maybe that's not the case. Anyway, um, good picks as well, especially because I really like Memoir 44. And then the Scythe Legendary Box, which I do have myself. Yeah. Man, that thing is a beast, but it's you're right. Beautiful. It's Yeah, you're paying for a box. Hey, who cares? Is what it is. All right. Bryant said, Bryant Hudson said, Australia, Australia. Newton, Panamax, yes, Newton, and baby. Navigator. Navigator is yep. one that I really want to try as well. Yeah. Jonathan, who is a uh, somebody we talk about a lot on the show, he's somebody we play a lot of games with, who is a more heavier gamer. Yeah. Would you and, say that? Yeah, and he takes us to the woodshed a lot of times. Don't say Not that. as you as much. I know I shouldn't say that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm saying I, don't say that because th- you're giving him a bigger I'm head I'm inflating than he needs. his ego right yes. now. Never That's mind. Exactly. He's Actually, he loses most of the games that we play. Yeah. He's the worst game player I've ever played with. Yes. I'm playing games with him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he's but gonna, this won't be he's up gonna then, listen so. to this. That's this great. won't be up then. All right, Masters of Renaissance. Zaya is up on my list as well. Mm. Lisboa could care less that. about oh, Ginkopolis. Who? It's too heavy. Yeah. Ginkopolis way up there on me. That's that's what I put on my list too. And Raw, I don't really care about that. As Have you played either. Raw? I've played the app. It's good. All right. Um, I said I'm not going to say all these, but uh, rip it. <laughs> Tim, Beast for Odin, yes. Gaia Project, Space Base. Yes, I want to play that. That's another uh, Viticulture. Vitic- I think that's the uh, the expansion that he's talking about. Uh, Viticulture. Yep, you're that's right. What I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, Clank, Clank Legacy. Yeah, yes, want I, I want to play that. I put Altiplano, Black Orchestra, London Second Edition, Ginkopolis, and Chocolate Factory. I'm I'm getting Altiplano for show today, probably in the mail. There you go. And uh, Ginkopolis is just probably not going to happen. Nope. Ever. And Roger Wink, Wingspan, Tiny Towns, Pursuit mm-hmm. of Happiness, Point Salad, yes, Western Legends, Ooh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, we'll skip over John McPeters. my favorite on that list. What? <laughs> Just kidding. John McPeters got a heavy list on here. Feast for Odin, Lahav, Merkaibo, Mombasa, and Teotihuacan. Terrible pick. What? So here's here's a quick thing I'm going to say. For Chris, because we get so many review games and we have to do so many new games, I get burnt out sometimes on just doing new stuff. Though there are some great new games. Yeah. And so I don't, I usually like to have my monies or other people's monies spent on some older games that I just don't have in my collection that I really like. And that's why I've got those on there. And I'm super hyped. Except for I have not played Mombasa. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Okay. Or uh, Maracaibo, actually. Two out of three. Royce. Five. <laughs> you, you done two now? Three. Are you done? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Royce Aarons, I think, says uh, Cooper Island. That's one yeah. I really want to try. Yeah. Glass Road. That's yeah. been on my list. I played the app of that. I want to play back. that too. Castles of Burgundy, Dinosaur Island, and Sagrada. Ooh, that's a list that you really like, I bet. That it sounds is. like it. I do too. It's a really good yeah. list. All yeah. those are, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of really good lists here, honestly. Like, oh, oh, there's one more. Sorry. We only have, Meepletown only picks good games. I'm telling you, you guys pick good games and gals, you pick good games. Now, they don't have the best of christmas movie choices in their lives but they can fix that there's still time it's not the choices it's they just haven't watched any yep 
All right, Herbacus Sprout. Oh, sorry, this is uh, Herbaceous. <laughs> what did I say? Herbacus. <laughs> Herbaceous. <laughs> Yikes. Sad That's list. A totally Herb- different game. Herbacus. Herbaceous Sprouts. Sorry. That's why I need to not read all these on the fly. Viticulture again, Essentials Edition. Look at that three. Battlelands, San Juan, which is a good game. I've never I like played San Juan. I really want to play that. It's a lot of fun. And Sons of An- and you would like that one as well. Sons yeah. of Anarchy. Men of Mayhem. I, I don't know the show, so that one doesn't appeal to me either. But Way anyway. to go, Meeple Town. Like, those are some good games. That's exciting. Yes. Um, let me do one last Paul Dean for us to talk about, and this actually has to do with Christmas and Thanksgiving, and that is since Black Friday, how much money have you spent on games for yourself? Okay. None, under 50, 50 to 100, 100 plus. B. Under 50. Actually, none. Yeah. None that was my is, second pick. 56% of the people have not spent any on themselves. 17% was under 15. 8% was 50 to 100. And 17% again was over $100. And the reason I ask is because D- Johnny McPeters Dude, falls in that category. I bet. No, I haven't. Uh. I've spent the only, I've only bought one game. This is the thing. Dean and I, every day we're texting each other and we're like, hey, this is on sale. Yeah. And it's so tempting. And I'm like, I just can't spend money. And plus, I have so many games. I don't know if I want to have more mm-hmm. games. And so it's, the, the funny thing is, is whenever I'd say, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I super regret it. Like the next day, like ladies, a trois that Dean texted that to me, oh, it was yeah. $13 on Amazon. And I'm like, gosh, I just can't keep buying everything, even though I haven't spent very much actually. And I didn't. And then I so regret it. I went that, that night and I was trying to, and it was sold out. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I was frustrated. Yeah. All right. I'm going to throw this out to you just real fast on the fly. Okay. You're going to play one game over Christmas break. We're going to make this happen. This is this is a thing we're going to do, okay? You ready? Okay. A game that you have not played that you really want that either you or I or somebody we know that has this game that you haven't played you've wanted to for a while. What, what's that Mombasa. game? Mombasa. Mombasa is the not game. Not even a question. So we're going to play Mombasa over... Jonathan? Sometime over Christmas if break. If you are, have not defriended us after our comments about you, he'll lose anyways because he's awful at games. <laughs> Hey, wow. can you play with us, Jonathan? Just throwing it down. Now he's well. That's good for me. That if we play a game together, he's just going to go after <laughs> he will, you. He will destroy me, and I, I will that's be the victor. Going to be the truth. Um, one question for you, then we'll we'll move on, and that is well, you where would you where would you fall? That question. Okay. What are you, <laughs> yes. Okay. 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 Uh, you weren't done with your poll part. All right. I, I wasn't, but yes. Go I ahead. just really want to answer this one. So I think I think oh I got a, I got a lot. I got to pick one though. Stronghold Second Edition. Oh really? That's yep. not going to happen. <laughs> I just said we have to make this happen. I know, but I mean, that's, there's there's a lot to that, and you haven't read through the rules yet. Oh, uh, I've read through the rules oh, like about 17 times. Oh, okay. I just thought that with Within the how last, busy like, you are years. is what I was thinking. Uh, if it was a game that someone else had, then I would say we could totally play it. But anyways, okay, we'll see. Yeah, that, that's up there. Hold, hold us to that, Meeple Town. I will hold Dean to that. Uh, last question is, where do you fall on the Black Friday list of games you bought for yourself? I bought any. I haven't bought anything. Was it Diplano, not a Black Friday? Or that was sale uh, or something? uh no. It was just uh, I had some Christmas money, uh, some birthday money. You went ahead and got it, and okay. I went ahead and got that. Yeah, I've only got one, and that's Yorvik, which Stefan Feld. I've been wanting to play it for a while, and it was ten dollars on Cool Stuff Inc. A little too. I just went ahead and picked it up. I know you can get it pretty cheap a lot of times. I think, but why not? I've wanted to play that one for a while, but anyway, we'll see. All right, so let's get on to what we've been playing. Yeah. All right. Real fast. We'll go through this pretty quickly. You looked. I think. You, you sounded like you were a little like unsure of where we're going next. You're like, uh, is this where we're going in the episode? <laughs> I forgot. I, I had a little memory lapse. All right. So a game that I've been playing lately is well, I've not been playing a lot of physical copies. One, most of mine have been in boxes, 
and I just haven't had time. Busy work stuff going on and moving and all that. So, uh, so I downloaded the Terraforming Mars app mm. on the iPad, and so I've been playing that a little bit whenever I've gotten some chance to play. And I I, I played the beta of this on my phone. And I'm not really going to go fully in on how to play Terraforming Mars. We've talked about that on the show before. But it's it's essentially a card game where you are building up your Terraforming Mars. So you're trying to um, put cities and, and greenery onto the board. And once the temperature, the uh, oxygen. oxygen level, and then all the oceans have been put out, nine oceans, uh, then that's going to trigger the end of the game and you add up your points. Now, here's the thing. I've played the beta version of this on my phone. And because it's such a card-heavy game... Unless you know and have all of those cards memorized, which I'm not one of those people, it's really difficult, I think. I've only played it once on my phone. This is a 10 for me. Playing on my phone is, uh, it's not even, I'll never do it. It's too hard. You can't, I mean, you, you. it's just It's just hard to read the cards. And yeah, you have them memorized and stuff, but it's just not fun Yeah. for me. It just, I don't know. But playing it on the iPad was a lot Much of better. fun. I, yeah, I enjoyed but. it quite a bit. Now, I, I'm... I kind of struggle with app games because I really like them. I really enjoy app versions of games. But my problem is I don't want to play something so much on the app version that makes me not want to play the physical version of the game. Mm. I don't think I'm going to run into that in this with this game because there are so many cards and the, the replayability of this game already is you know through the roof. And so I don't think I'm going to run into that. I'm going to play this more. I quite enjoy it. I think this is a lot of fun. Now, the problem is... The problem, if this is a problem, it's a nine dollar game on an app, which is that's that's pretty hefty. I'm not, you know, I'm not faulting them for that. Charge what you want. I paid for it. I mean, it's it's probably smart because they have such a crazy following for that game, right? Like, might, might as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, a smart means if you want to make a bunch of money, right? Right. You know, and so anyway, I'm I think sure a lot, lot went into that app too, though. It's honestly. an Asmodee I'm, digital yeah, game. I'm sure a ton went into that app. Yeah, and they they know what they're doing. They they did a great great job with it. I think. Yep. All right. So that's it. That's, um, that's really all I've been playing. Well, it's kind of funny that. Uh, the three, uh, I guess, three people mentioned Viticulture Essential Edition, which that was the most commented one on our um, Board Game Geek Guild, if I could think of what that is, what we just talked about. <laughs> and I was actually going to mention that um, for my birthday, because my birthday was December 1st, I got uh, Tuscany, which again, I tend to get games that I just want, have older games that I really want to have that I don't own. And so I got a chance to play Viticulture with the Tuscany expansion. And just, man, I'm just telling you, it just reminds me of how good Viticulture is and how good Tuscany is adding it. It's so good. Yep. I, man, it's a, man, that's a great game. What do you think, Dean? Yeah, so I have the, the Kickstarter version of this and... Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> I've had it for a long time. So before the Essential Editions came out, it was just the base game without like the Mamas and Papas thing in there, which I think is in the Essentials Edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, in the original game, that was in Tuscany. And so the base game for this is a lot of fun for me, but then, you know, the reason why like the, yeah. Mamas and Papas is, is a must every time I play this game, I think. And then and then some of the other Tuscany things. That, there's just so much variability in Do you, do you remember what's... I know it's hard to sometimes remember what's expansion versus what's not would you do you i asked a question on uh, twitter like what was your favorite parts of the tuscany expansion do you Mm -hmm. remember i'll mention what these other people said and then you can think about it how about that so uh seth said for his for him seth golson 
Gosselin, Gosselin, Gosselin said the expanded board for sure. Having four seasons to play with makes it really interesting. That's a that's a good plus yeah. instead of having the mm-hmm. yeah just the two and then the things happening in between. It really makes it a whole lot more interesting. It does. Um, Mark said that he loves building your own engine um, because it adds that that uh, the building edition thing. You know they have the the orange cards that add the building editions that you oh, can right, put next right, to yeah. your board. I got you. I really like that too because it does definitely add. I really like that 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 other element of engine building bryant said uh, one of his not favorite parts was the map that you can put the you know the, the yeah. tokens on because he felt like that was a, a little bit tacked on i agree with that but i still i'm okay with it because i i just think it adds a little something extra to the game that you have to pay attention to yeah like you can't just ignore it and let people get a bunch of victory points because they're owning more of the territory so i do agree with it was less thematic and a little bit tacked on, but I, I still would like it. I think my least favorite part in the the Tuscany is the the patronage cards. They're like your secret objective cards. Dean wants me to go, <laughs> what? We talked, so he had to t- take a break for a second because he started bringing up patronage cards, which aren't, they are not in the new Tuscany Essential. Uh, I didn't know there was a difference between the two, like that big yeah, of a difference. That was the original one that does not have the pa- the original one does have the patronage, but the new ones don't. So I was confused. I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. There's I secret, hadn't played the original secret one. objective. I need to I need to look into this now to see am I missing out on something by not having the essential edition of these games. You're missing out on everything. <sighs> I don't know if you are missing out on anything. Actually, I don't think so. I haven't even played through all of the Tuscany that I have, so I'm not missing out. That on basically anything, means but, that you don't really. But the thing that really I liked about the game, the thing that I like least out of that is not even in the game. So it's really an invalid point completely. Thanks for wasting our My, radio time. <laughs> it didn't waste the radio time. It wasted our time. About like 20 <laughs> minutes of us pausing this and trying to figure out what's in the different editions. Well, I absolutely love, love, love. Viticulture Essential Edition plus Tuscany. I used to when I I don't even know what I like anymore. I feel like it's, the Tuscany is almost essential, like because it just adds so much more to it. Uh, I would think the Essential really Edition like is essential. I know. I, I was teeing you up for that. <laughs> um, I need to. I really do need to look and see what's in here because I, I I want to see. Am I missing out on something? But but the ones that you've talked about, like the different board and the. The different travel space. Special workers. I didn't mention that, but those were really cool too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I I really enjoy it. What are we talking about now? (laughs) We're done. (laughs) That's what we've been playing lately. Let's get on to our review and overview of Paladins of the West Kingdom. Paladins of the West Kingdom was published in 2019 by Garfield Games and Renegade Game Studios. The designers are Shem Phillips and S.J. McDonald. The artist is Mihailo Dmitrievsky. The game is for 1-4 to four players, plays in about 90-120 to 120 minutes, and is for ages 12 and up. Now, I'm going to give an overview of Paladins that might be a little bit different than normal, but there's a lot going on in this game, and so I'm just going to give a gist of how the... Uh, kind of how the setup is and then the uh, how each round plays out but in the with the setup you've got a main board that has lots of different cards and <laughs> different uh, different things going on so I'm not going to explain a lot of that but but just know that there's a central board with different cards that you'll be able to attain and then each player has their own player board and that's where you're going to be placing workers onto that player board 
A round plays out by uh, first flipping over a king order or a king favor card, and this is just going to determine uh, the the rounds for the game. The king's order cards are going to give you objectives for uh, scoring at the end of the game if you complete the the objective that's listed on the king's order card. And then once you get through those, then King's Favor cards will start coming out one per round. And those are going to give you different action spaces on the board. After you've done that, you're going to reveal a number of tavern cards face up equal to the amount of players plus one. And then you're going to be drafting those in just a little bit. But then you're going to, you're, each player has their own deck of cards, this paladin draw pile, and they're going to draw three cards from that pile. Now when they do that, they're going to choose to take one and place it onto their board that's going to be used for that special ability and to gain workers for the round. Then you're going to take one of the cards and you're going to place it face down on the top of the draw pile for their paladin draw pile. And then you're going to take one place it face down at the bottom. That means you're going to have to make a decision of, is this a card that I want to use right now? Or is it going to be one that I want to potentially use next round? Or if not, then you're going to have to leave it for later on in the game to potentially draw. After you've done this, then you're going to go back to those tavern cards that were flipped up. And you're going to select one of those. You're going to go around the table and each player is going to select one of those cards. And that's going to give you your workers for the round. So you're going to have workers from that card and then workers from your paladin cards and then potentially you could have carried over some workers from a, a previous round and that's what you're going to be using for the the rest of of that round so you're going to be going in player order if you've ever played orleans it kind of has that feel where you're going to be placing your workers onto your own personal board that are going to trigger different actions and so you might have to place a green and a red worker and then also a, a, a worker of any color into this spot to make it trigger and that's that's the gist of how that works but the difference is you're going to be going back and forth uh, or around the table depending on how many players you're playing with and placing those out onto the board and those are going to be giving your actions now the action part now this is the part there's a lot and so i can't really go through all the different actions but just know that you're going to be uh, potentially using your action spots to gain townsfolk or, or outsiders which are going to the townsfolk will give you immediate bonuses or uh, potential special abilities to use throughout the game outsiders are going to give you end game points or potentially things that happen right away if you defeat them there are places where you can fortify your wall which give you immediate bonuses and uh and then potential points at the end of the game but knowing the game as you're placing your workers and taking your different actions you're also going to be moving up on these different uh, tracks and the different tracks will give you potential points or allow you to be able to take stronger actions depending on the color of the uh, of the the movement the track that you're moving up on and you're also going to if you've ever played tapestry before as you're taking your buildings and moving them out onto the board you're also going to be doing that in paladins of the west kingdom and when you do that different uh, bonuses are going to pop up under those buildings as you're taking them and moving them off. And so that, that really, I know that is a brief explanation of this game. And if you play this game, you know that I'm not doing it justice, but it's it could go on for a long time, me explaining all the different actions that you can take. But just know that you're trying to be the one to gain the most points at the end of the game by taking these different actions and uh, building your engine and placing these workers out onto the board. But that is a, that's kind of the gist. We'll go over more as we get through the review. But that is Paladins of the West Kingdom. Let's get back to the review, see what we think.
All right, so we recently did our top 10 most anticipated list for Essen. We did top five on the podcast, didn't we, Dean? And then top 10 on the YouTubes. Sure. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but... <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Um, but Paladins of the West Kingdom definitely made my top 10. I have quite enjoyed uh, Raiders of the North Sea, especially when you add the expansions. And I enjoyed uh, Architects. And I was super interested in this because of that. And I, when I heard a lot of people talking about this game, they said basically this is definitely the heaviest game that Shim, has come, Shim Phyllis has come out with. Um, and I heard a lot of really positive things. There are some negatives that I heard, and most of those were along the lines of it was it's not thematic. It's definitely more like a dry Euro, and it's too heavy. Well, I don't care about those things. <laughs> so it made me, I was still quite excited about it. How about you? Were you looking forward to this, or were you kind of mad on it, or... It wasn't on my list. Yeah, but it's not that I wasn't looking forward to it. I, I because I really like same thing. I mean, I like architects and I really like raiders, and so um, yeah, I, I definitely had some intrigue, but not enough to be on my list. You sounded like you were interested, but you weren't like, oh, I got to go out and buy this or right. anything like that. Yeah, apparently because I didn't go out and buy it. No, you didn't. I did. You did. I got it for my B day. All right. Let's just talk about my birthday a little bit more. <laughs> um, how about we talk about the art and components? I think that's a good idea. What do you think? I think they are good, really good. I think it's really good, but I think it's the exact same as all the other games. It is. It's so similar. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying that they're the, the same. It's so similar, Dean, that I'll say one negative is, dude, I'm going to tell you something. The last two games I opened had something missing. I got Zulkin, and it was missing gear fasteners. This game was literally missing all the white laborers. Be real. Yep, that's why we've been Completely playing. Completely missing. We've been playing with the yellow ones. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. I went to Architects. I pulled out the yellow ones. They're <laughs> literally the identical, the same exact meeples, but they're yellow. But I will say, positive to Renegade. They immediately after I sent them an email, went out and were like, "Hey, yeah, we'll get you the things." And they immediately sent those in the mail, so I should get those anytime. So yeah, I do appreciate that. I never, for me, that's never a negative. Partly because it's out of the control of the publisher, but also, you know, I've not had an issue where I've run into a publisher saying saying no to. No, they're always you know. very, very good about it, and Renegade was. So um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I so yeah, you're right. The components are they're they're the same. Remind me though, were there metal coins in Architects? No. No. Nope. In Raiders, I don't think there were in Raiders either. I have Raider, I have metal coins with mine, and I bought just a regular. Oh, just a regular Raiders. copy. Okay, unless I got a lucky copy. No, I, I, you're right. I mean, I was thinking that there was one of the games. So this one has the cardboard, but they're nice cardboard, so it's it's fine. Yeah, they're fine. Now I played with the metal coins when I played Raiders last night with my wife, and I thought these are so good. I just need to put them in Paladins, or like maybe have a special place where I just keep. The architects, raiders, whatever coins, to where I can just use those. You have all their the games, right? Like all I of do. those. Not all the games. Oh, I you don't, don't have, have explorers, explorers and shipwrights. Correct. Right. I okay. don't have those, but I do have architects, raiders, and now paladins. And I agree. Like, okay, so Dean, this is this goes to a question which we can talk about later. But we talk about: Would you rather have the forty, fifty dollar version of a game with meeples and cardboard? And I always answer yes. And this is exactly what this is. I'm a-okay with the components. Are they fantastic, tapestry, beautiful components? They're not. But they're also half the price. Yeah. I, I do think they're they're good, though. Like, they are good. Abo- above I'm, average, I am not I complaining. I, I even, uh, there's a, a spot, uh, an absolve spot on the board where you have these jars that you're removing and putting on the board. And, and they look like jars. Screen printed, I, I'm assuming. Or do you sticker those? 
with no, screen, no, printed, screen printed with numbers on there. Those I, I thought that that's a nice touch. Yeah, the monks are a little bit different that you put on there. You got the buildings, the red, the garrison um, kind of buildings, and then the developing buildings. And they they're buildings. They're not just cubes. Right. You could just put cubes there. I, I, I man, it's good, and the art is fantastic. I love the art. I do too. On all paladins, I all like that they keep that consistent Raiders. too. Oh yeah, personally. so good. It, it it feels yeah, it feels like the the other ones. So. Yeah, absolutely good. So I am. Loving the art, and I think the components are very, very solid, and the cards are good quality as well. So, totes agree. All right, very happy. But what about the gameplay, man? Gameplay, gameplay. This is the heaviest, the heaviest version, Dean. It is, and that's what I was going to say. Like all the things that you said just in your one sentence statement, intro statement about it being heavier and lacking theme. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's not my style. That's- I'm done. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Dean gives it a two. <laughs> no, but but when you know, if you if you say that to me, this is a this is a really it's not a really heavy game. It's not at all. It's it has some of the the similar mechanics to like um, to Orleans. It has has that feel and, and kind of the gameplay of tapestry. It gives you that feel as well. And but it's like a heavier version of those kind of combined mechanics, I guess. Yeah. So I, the way I feel about it is teaching the game understanding the way the game works mechanically is not so bad right. it's not super simple it's it's not but it's not that bad the the heaviness and complexity comes in how do i score the most points because there's a lot of things to do that's exactly right and you yep. can forget things in the game like so i'll mention the thing one thing that i like about the game i really like is that um you have a virtue track or uh, yes, that you're going up. Like in um, architecture, either becoming you know more evil, kind of evil, or you're becoming uh, more I don't know, good, holy, nice, whatever. Yeah, you, you, whatever that is. Um, I'm sure there's actually a, a phrase for that or a word for that, but there is. I, I don't know. remember. In We're this, not gonna look it up you yet. have three different virtues: faith, influence, and strength. And what's really neat about it is what's that? Oh gosh! Sorry, you this mean, is he this means happened. Strength, Meeple Town. This is the whole time we played the game. Every time I said strength, I've he, known John for a few strength. years now. I, strength. That sounds country. <laughs> if I'd have known this, strength. This is the first time that this came up. This word came up in in our conversation in the last several years we've known each other. Surprising for how strong I am. I mean, for it, like how up. old you are, and you can't pronounce strength. It's strength. Okay. Hey, continue. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. So. uh Influence, faith, and strength. Now, what's interesting is is you cannot do certain actions until you get to a certain level of faith, for example. And so you have the left side of your board is going to be basically your kind of um, your your goods, your your coins, your provisions, different things like that to be able to go out and do the stuff on your right side of the board. Not exactly, but kind of. Your engine building as well. You can go recruit a worker or, or, or do different things like that. But on the right side of your board, you're going out and you're either sending a monk on a commission or you're fortifying um, your town. You're sending out, um, you're garrisoning and you're sending out, you're putting these buildings out. that They're going to get you bonuses or whatever. But all of the actions on the right side of the board require something. So for example, the very first time you um, want to fortify your town. It doesn't require any influence. But the second time, you have to have at least one influence. By the time you get to the fourth or fifth, you're needing seven. You may even need eight influence, which is a lot in this game. And so it's easy to forget, like to be like, oh, I can't wait to fortify, and then go, oh, no, no, I don't have enough influence. Um, but I love that part about the game. 
Yeah. Quite love that part. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really neat. It has that that. Uh, um, I, just, I had a game in mind that that reminded me of, but now it's it's gone. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, it has that feel. Astute observation. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's that's neat, and that that happens multiple times. You Did know, that irritates you at all when you would forget that. Here's the thing that would that irritates me, I guess, is that I've I've kind of planned out what I'm gonna do. And, you know, because you want to, you want to plan in several steps. You want to try to as best you can yes. plan out your entire turn, but you have a lot of meeples and a lot of numbers to think about in that. And so the problem that I had with was my stupidity and not I did yeah you know like not planning out right. I'm like okay, I got all this mapped out. I put it out there, and then I'm like oh wait a minute, this whatever this level is, is my strength isn't high enough. One or whatever of the, it is one of the tiers on your ladder that you built is wrong, and it destroys the rest of the ladder. Right, <laughs> and you're right. like, oh, I got to rethink this whole thing uh-huh. all over again. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that's a fault with the game, but it ends up being kind of a, a, a math challenge at that point, you know, because you're you're really trying to map out. Uh, but really, it's like you said earlier. It's not that the decisions in themselves are like the gameplay is hard. It's just like how to how to play this game really well. Yeah, how it's, to score the most points, be the most efficient. It's tough. Yeah, it is. And so along with the several mistakes that I've made in this game in doing that, there's a lot of potential, a lot of potential AP is is what I'm getting at. Like, yes, yeah, you, you can really analyze every single turn. They, as the game goes on and on and on, you get to the sixth, seventh round and you there's a lot going on. And potentially you're playing out quite a big turn while other players are are not you know they're they're just sitting and waiting because they've already passed on their turn so do you i think that our game lasted an hour and a half to two hours it lasted a long time because mm-hmm. i remember we started at eleven thirty and it was you know pushing two o'clock when we were finished yeah i mean it was a long it was a but i mean we there were breaks in between there and some stuff like that that happened but i was like and a lot of it happened really towards the end of the game where where you're really mathing out a whole lot of things and you're in your and and it can definitely be ap prone i played with my wife and the same thing kind of happened in the game and then you you, like i said that rung on the ladder gets broken and now you got to rethink everything and it like takes it, it can take quite a long time so if you're not into games that are ap prone I think that you wouldn't like this because yes. it's, it's, it can absolutely is absolutely AP prone. I'm not going to say it's like the worst game I've ever played AP prone by any stretch, but it is. It, <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. It's AP prone, not yeah, the worst yeah. by any stretch. I'm not going to say it is the worst, but it is the worst. No, it's <laughs> not. I'm saying it's not by any stretch, but it is AP prone. Yeah, which, which you know, in, in those type of games, and, and there, I have several of those that I've, I've played. Uh, I, you've, you've recently played Grand Austria Hotel. That's sure. one of those games I've not played, but a lot of people will say, you don't want to play this with more than, definitely no more than three, but two is kind of its sweet spot is what I've heard in the past. I think this game is kind of that way because of that reason. I think too. so. I think so too. And um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Some other things that I liked about the game though, as well is I love your, the, the decisions on the paladins. So you're going to, to start your turn, you're going to draw three paladins from your deck. You're also going to have, um, depending on how many players you have one more card that's flipped over for the tavern and what these two things are going to do is you're going to pick one from the tavern then one of your um, paladins they're going to one thing they're going to do is give you your meeples for that your workers for that particular round and so you'll end up with six unless you carried some over from from the last round but in addition what's cool about the the paladin is that you're going to take three you're going to pick one for that round you're going to put one on the bottom of your pile of your deck and then one on the top which is really interesting because you're making decisions like, wow, I could really, 
Mm, let me put this one that allows me, because your Paladin deck, I need to say this first, your Paladin not only gives you workers, but also gives you um, temporary uh, attribute or virtue bonuses, and then a just straight up bonus. Like one that I put on the bottom of my deck early was um, no provisions for fortifying. And the reason I did that was because I said if I could get to seven or eight, that requires three or four, I mean, two or three um, provisions, and it'd be a whole lot more powerful to use that in the end of the game than at the beginning when it's only worth one provision, mm-hmm. right? That, right. Yeah. And so I love those decisions that you're making, like, okay, should I hold off to this? And then if I don't, what, what do I want next round? What do I want to go ahead and use this round? It's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. One of the things I mentioned earlier about tapestry, and you first told me, that it, gives that it has feels. it has feels of, of tapestry, and I I totally agree with that. Um, it, for me, it's not a, as good of a game as tapestry, yeah. but but the the th- moving up the tracks for one, but then like this thing triggering this thing, which triggers this yeah. thing, which you know I, I've mentioned in the past, like with with Teotihuacan, that's one that I don't particularly care for. It's not one of my favorite games, and and that's one of the reasons because it triggers all of these different. I was things. worried you wouldn't like this game because of that. Yeah, I I did it. It wasn't frustrating, but there were several times where I'm like, did I move up on this track? Did I remember to do that? Yeah, that happens. And so now you can go back and figure out, like, figure out your your uh, faith. You know, you you can go back and look at your cards and potentially you can you can figure out where you're supposed to be on that on that board. Um, so it's not a huge deal, but it was kind of an issue. But the thing is, I, I like that. I like that those things happen. happen. You know, I like that you're moving up on those tracks. And, and I think in this game, if you focus, if you spread out your focus too much, maybe you're probably not going to do very well. I think so. You have to hone in your strategy a little more and, and focus on, on one to two of those tracks or, you know, one to two of the areas that you're really going to focus on, you know, four to, and part of that depends on the, the cards that flip over that will determine some of that strategy. Yeah. So uh, also along the lines of tapestry, you have these buildings that are covering up different things, either meeples or virtue. And so when you remove them, then you get you're going to get the bonus on the bottom. Now, unlike Tapestry, you don't continue to get it throughout the game, but you do get a one-time bonus. So you're like removing that. And then, so I thought that that was um, kind of interesting and, and, and like Tapestry. And, and I like that. Um, but I also like how um, along those lines, you can do like, like even developing where you're taking a, which is like Orleone, where you can take your building and cover up one of the meeples for one of the actions, like commissioning or fortifying. Because right. um, we, we, you mentioned in your overview, but we haven't talked about how you put multiple meeples out to do the actions. There's no, there's only two spots, I think, on the board. There are two spots that require one meeple. Everything else requires more, two or three. Mm-hmm. And so the three on the right side of the board is where you can put those developmental buildings, which always require three. But putting those in the right position Super important. Yes. And making those calls of where you want to put those and when, how much do you want to develop and all that is, it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Do you like how you have to put multiple meeples on the board instead of just worker placement where you're just putting one and you get the action? I do. And, and, do you know, too. Arleons is one of my favorite games. And, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that Altiplano was one that, that I've recently picked up and I'm looking forward to playing that. I think, I think I really, yeah, I do. I definitely, I enjoy that. And I like that you can, like Orleans, that you can cover up those spots and make them easier, make them more accessible in future plays. But you have to, not waste action, but you have to take actions to develop in this game. And that costs a lot of money. But it, does, it really, it a lot of money. It, it's, it's four coins to be able to do that, which in this game is a lot of money. Um, so it, it's not just like a gimme. You really do have to work 
you have to work at it. So yeah, but I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. And you really have to maximize those paladin cards and their special abilities. Cause yeah. like one of them is it only costs two coins to develop. And so that round you're going to probably hopefully develop once and then pray, which would allow you maybe to remove, of course, then it costs two to pray. So then you're just, <laughs> you're making the, ah, you're making those, those decisions. I guess it really wouldn't help in that scenario, but I guess I'm thinking of hunting and going out and getting provisions. Because then you can do this action called pray where you can remove those workers. You don't get them into your personal supply, but in back into the supply, but you can do the action again. So kind of deciding how to make those work the best. Wow. It's just, a, it's, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces to this. It, yeah, there, there absolutely is. And the other thing I like about that thought, you know, you've, you've mentioned engine building, and this is very much an engine building, but there's several different ways to build that engine. Yep. You know, you do that through the, the piece that we just mentioned by developing. You do it through recruiting townsfolk so that you might be gaining coins, even if you're paying coins. Yeah, you might get a coin every time you develop. Right, right, or get a, get a uh, provision or something like that. So I, I like, and then you have the... Uh, the, the ways that you can attack or um, or convert the yeah, all cards are dual purpose right which are not all cards but to a, the townsfolks and the outsiders are right what are the cards called that you're the converting outsiders. Or, the outsiders so yeah. that, that's another way to engine build potentially that tends to focus more on that's in game victory, scoring victory yeah. points at the end of the game if you're converting them but then there's ways to to attack them, which helps you in virtue, you'll get more influence, and you right. also get other resources. Right, right. So I think I think there's the fact that there's different ways to build the engine is is a pretty pretty interesting, pretty unique. It is. It, it feels like I mean because there's a lot going on. The positive is I also think there's a lot of replayability in this game. And it, as soon as I finished the first time, I immediately said, "Wow, there's a lot of things I should have done differently," and I can't wait to play this again. Now here's some here's something. Do you think that this uh, if there are people out there that um, don't like that like a lot of player interaction how do you feel about player interaction in this game it comes in the worker placement on mm-hmm. the on the main board really i mean that's uh right you know the that's the that's one of the main yeah that's one of the areas where you're so you're sending out you're commissioning or garrisoning so you're sending out monks of these buildings to get whatever resource it is yeah or stealing know. stealing spots when you're traveling or, or stealing cards off the board so I think that's the 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 biggest piece of that player interaction. Except for the ta- except for the tax paying kind of piece, and I'll I'll bring that up too. Yeah, but it's not like uh, I mean it it can be it can huge, be it huge. can be huge. But what I'm saying is like it's not like it happens all the time. It's only going to happen a few times throughout the game. And then someone's going to select you know the tavern workers, and you're going to be like, dang it, I wanted those workers. So right, I could be able to get those. But but that's usually you can figure out ways to work around that. Um, cause there's, there's even a spot on the board that you can take. So I'll, I'll use this to talk about the tax thing. There's a spot on the board that you can do to take place any color, uh, meeple to get a, a purple meeple. When you get a purple meeple, you always have to take a suspicion card and the suspicion card might give you, um, coins. But what happens is, is there's a, a, a tax stand or tax booth. I don't even know what it's called, but depending on the number of players you may have in a two player game, for example, you have five coins in there. And there are spots in different places where you have to take a coin from that particular place, just like in Architects, just like, uh, yeah, in Architects. That's for Architects, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when that runs out, though, whoever has the most suspicion has to take a debt. And in addition to that, they have to they get to lose like half of their suspicion. But the interesting thing is, is Dean was wanting debt a lot in this game because he was trying to build a little bit of a you know, flip over those debts because whenever you can flip the debt over, you actually gain a victory point. If you incur a debt, you lose three, but 
by the end of the game, if you flip it over, you get Because there's one. so many ways to be able to do there's that. There's a lot of ways to do that in this game. Yeah, and that's... Um, so it didn't feel like it was so penalizing. It can be. It can be really penalizing, you know, losing three points At the card. end of the game could be bad. Like, there was a, right. a time where Dean could have stuck it to me at the end of the game, and it would have lost me three victory points, and that would have not been good. Yeah. Um, but besides that, it's not... But it, it can be a little take that. Like, you can look at it and go, oh, they have more suspicion, so I'm going to take this, which loses that, and now they're going to get a debt. So... It can be a little mean if you want to play it mean. Yeah, I would say it's less interactive than than uh, Architects is. Would you agree with that? Um, not that it's less for sure. Not that yeah, Architects you're is not, a super mean game necessarily. Yeah, it but can you're roping be, up but, people and stuff like right, that. Yeah, right. there's no doubt about it. Like I I mentioned that earlier because it's not. Some people say this is kind of solitaire. It's not solitaire because there are things that matter. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely there's not a ton of player interaction. So if you want a game that has a whole lot of high player interaction, this absolutely is not that. No, but if you played like Orleans, for example, and wanted something that had more interaction, would you say that this has more interaction? I, I guess I'm throwing that in there because it has the same like basic game mechanic as Orleans. I, I mean, I don't know. I gotta I have to think through that. It'd at least be at least the same or something like that, probably. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's probably got more because of that. I think it's, it's, a it's probably more. got a little more because of that whole tax thing and the suspicion thing. Uh, probably adds a little bit more. So, yeah. yeah. You ready to get into our final? Rating? I think so, man. I think All so. Right. You want to go first? You yeah, go first. yeah. I'll go first. So, uh, going into this game, I was I was kind of excited because I really want to try out the different uh, the different games in these lines. You know, I really like Raiders. I enjoy architects and uh paladins wasn't really you know the top of my list because of the things that john mentioned at the beginning heavier games aren't always my thing i like some heavier games but like i'm not going to flock to those mid midweight games are really my more my jam but i i enjoyed this one i thought it was fun i i like that you have all these different game mechanics kind of mashed in it gives me the feeling of tapestry of orleans of um you know other engine builders which i really enjoy engine builders and the, the thing that, that knocks this for me are the, the AP that can happen in this game. There's, there can be some analysis paralysis big time in this game, which means I wouldn't want to play this with a lot of people. And there's some specific people that I for sure would just not play this game <laughs> with. I, and I can think of them in my mind right now. Is one now. of them sitting across the table from you? No, 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 no. Okay, you're, you're not that guy. All right, all right. Um, but I, yeah, so so some of those things are, are knocks for me, but I enjoy this game. I think it's fun. Now, when I'm looking at the whole line of the games that I've played, I don't like this game as much as Architects. I think, I think for me, Architects is better it's more thematic for my personality. the The theme shines more in that game, and that's a big part of it. And it's like more in that that game weight range that I typically am drawn to. So, um, that being said, it's not like it's much worse for me. In fact, I'm going to give it the same rating that I gave okay. Archite- Architects because right. I think it's still really fun. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. A game that I, I'm going to play. If you pull this Boo. out and say, hey, I want to play it. What? Seven and a half is a good score. It is, but it should be better than that. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm going to boo your score. <laughs> anyway. Better not. It'll make me, it'll hurt my feelings. But I, I still, I, I like it. Seven and a half is a game. If, if you say, hey, Dean, I want to play this game with you, I will probably play it. Okay. Almost definitely. Probably. You know, in um, The Office, whenever Michael Scott boos the guy that's doing the... Um, Oh, uh, what's the play that uh, Todd, the the Sweeney Todd play? Oh, right. And he yeah. boos the yeah. That's funny. Is that it? Yep. Is that, okay. All right. So, <laughs> okay, that was a good story. <laughs> what I like about this game, I, I know that I've mentioned, but 
there's a lot of things that are going on in this game that are intriguing, especially with that virtue track and how you're having to make sure you have a certain amount to do that. I love how you're setting, moving this to set something else off. That gives you another bonus that now I have two more meeples. So now I, oh, wow, what can I do with those two meeples now? So that whole, like uh, Dean mentioned, planning is really interesting to me. And um, it is frustrating when the, when the plan falls a little flat, but I'm okay with that because it just it's just intriguing. I, I really like that. I like the paladin cards, how you're, you know, choosing what you, which one you want to use now, which one you want to use later. There's also, which we didn't mention, which was kind of dumb. You, you mentioned it a little bit, um, which is a hugely important thing. There's actually extra worker placement spots that come out as the game progresses. So there's these cards that are flipped over. There's seven rounds. The first three rounds are going to be in-game scoring. Um, the, the last four cards that are flipped, or five cards, actually, the third round you flip over, two cards, but there's five cards that are going to open up new worker placement spots, which are huge in this game. And I think it's so cool that as the game progresses, there becomes more places to place your workers. And it's interesting. And how do I best use those? You're constantly thinking, how can I make the most efficient move? How can I score the most points? And it's definitely a mathy. It feels like a puzzle to me. Yeah. This game feels like a puzzle. Like I'm trying to, how can I put all the pieces and align them the best way to score the most amount of points? I finished the, I mentioned earlier, I finished my first game and said, I want to play. It was a, it was like an hour and a half game. And I, I, I want to play this again right now. And I didn't cause my wife was like, no way. Cause you know, she's, uh, she, she liked it actually, which I was kind of surprised cause she, sometimes when it gets a little heavier like that, she doesn't, but she's like, Oh, this is a good game. Um, but I think at that point it was like, all right, I need my brain to take a break for a minute. But I was like, I want to play. And then the very next day I got a chance to play with Dean and I just so enjoyed and just so love this game. This is, um, now I will say negatively, I, I would not play this with more than three people. No way. Yeah. I think two is almost, for me, I think is almost the sweet spot. Unless you have three people that have been playing it, they know what they're doing. Because even in two-player games, there are times, I mean, they were even with our the last game that we played, Dean, there were times whenever someone took 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. 10 minutes, maybe mm-hmm. not 15. 10 minutes for their turn. Yeah. Just because mapping everything out. And there, and I'm talking about just placing one one set of meeples yeah. because you have to set it up right. And if you don't set it up right, you're just messed up. So multiply that times three in between your turns. and that's... It didn't happen all, <laughs> It didn't happen often, but right. there were a couple of times where we're like, oh my gosh, this messes everything up. I got to redo everything. Yeah. And you have to think through that. That's the only negative. But to me, it's also a positive because it means there's, I think, a lot of replayability with this game. I think there's a lot of chances. Like, I immediately go, you know, honestly, I don't even care. And this is kind of silly. I don't necessarily care if I win. I want to beat my last score. It kind of feels like Gonshawn Clever. I just want to score the most points. Yeah. Oh, how can I score the most points? So, like, and so I'm, I'm, and even Tapestry, I kind of feel like that sometimes. Like, oh, man, I really want to beat that last score. Right, right. And so that's that's kind of, that's how I, how I feel about this game. I really like it. I'm going to say it is my favorite of his series, if I'm allowed to go ahead and say favorite that. Favorite out of all these. Out of all wow. these. It's a 9 out of 10 for me. Ooh. I really love Paladins of the West Kingdom. It's a great game. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've been given a lot of high scores lately. I'm not going to boo you because I'm better than that. I'll clap. Man, you I'll are better than you. that. Thank you, Dean. That's a that's wonderful. Um, I, I've been given some high scores lately, but I'll say it's be- because... At Essen, a lot of games that I couldn't wait. If you go back and look, and like throughout the course of this year, I think before this I had prior given maybe one game a nine. But the last two or three games, maybe not the last two or three, but a lot of them I've given really high scores. But there's not a ton of them that I've done. You know, it's just 
the reality. It's just like these are games I've been waiting for all year. Yeah. And there is and most of them have been as good as I hoped that they would be. Yeah. And this was. This was actually a little better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good game. I I totally agree with that. My my score is not uh, a bad game. Now is this is this worth it? What what uh, I knew you were going to ask that question. I kind of went there a little bit, didn't I? You can pull up the pull up the price and I'll go ahead and say it I'm, depends on if you like the game. <laughs> That's what you always say. That's just so not fun. I just kidding. No, I do, I do think it is helpful though to to hear to hear that price and kind of match it up, you know, because yeah, if so it's a game you still might not want to buy it. Honestly, it's cheap, man. I mean, I'm looking here on um I got it for at, right at $40 and that's where it's at. There's some places that you can actually get it potentially a little bit cheaper. Um on Amazon right now it's 39.39. So, I mean, Dude, it's so worth it. Uh, yeah, I think that's nine out of ten it. for. I mean, th- this this is where I think I think that Garpill Games and and Renegade just knock it out of the park. This is my sweet spot. Making a really good game for forty fifty bucks, give good quality components, but they don't have to be through the roof. And I will buy it every time. And you don't put them in unwieldy boxes either, which is really nice. Those. That's true, but I've had a hard time shutting the lid on this game. Yeah, now that is that can be an issue. Like with Raiders, I ended up getting the bigger box because I don't want to have three boxes just laying around. But yeah, but I I kind of like that they do that. They don't go overboard with these giant boxes. They don't. I I mean I I just think they nail it. I really yeah. do. I, I I love it. And you know when they come out with the next game and it'll be forty dollars or something like that, I'm gonna probably buy it because yeah. it's not that expensive. If I don't like it that much, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, there you go. Yep, I agree with it. So that is a nine. Big nine from John. Yes, sir. Seven and a half from me. That is Paladins. Let's move on to our top five board game designers. So a little while back, maybe a few months ago, we had made mention that we will eventually somewhere down the road do Sometime, our, possibly. Potentially. Do our top f- list of board game designers. Today is that day. Today. Oh, this is so hard, Dean. This is such a tough list, man. Oh, John is stressing out. You need to f- simmer down, man. I woke up this morning and I was like, I know my top five and I'm confident in them. How they place, I still don't know. I literally looked at this last night and I couldn't even put one number next to one name. I I I struggle with this too, but not not because I knew what my top 5 was, but I knew what my top 3 was. But then after that, I could have had like seven potential people fit in that category. So that's that's where my struggle is. I could, I think I could have easily done a top 10 list and then still not felt good about where they were on that list. So I don't know if, for me I'm still <laughs> for me, I don't know if this is like a top five list or if it's just like a list of five designers that I really like. Okay. You know stop maybe no, you can't do that. I, I wanna just did I, it. I almost called Locked you and said that, then I thought, you know what? That is the um scaredy cats way. Sorry for those who love cats. I might have offended you for saying scaredy cat. Are you gonna finish your sentence or are you gonna talk about cats? You just Dean, you need to just stand up and just say, you know what? I am making my top five, and I'm going to stick to it, and I am proud of it. I mean, I did. You're scared, and you're hiding behind a box. I did. That's exactly pe- what I did. And you're peeking your head over going, oh, but I'm not sure. That's the, that's the, your little boy voice. <laughs> I don't know what to do I'm with this sure conversation. I'm not sure what I'm going to rank them exactly, but 
Everyone wins a prize. I tell you what I'm going to do is rank these, and then I my okay. Yep, I'm good. I'm good to go. Let's do this. Let's just do this. <laughs> hey, that pep talk really helped, huh? Part of it. Okay, I, I'll talk about this in my number five. How about we just start off with the number five? Can I also say that these are and I'm entirely joking. So anyone out there, like I don't want I'm Dean and I really love each other, so. This is a joke to him. We're having fun and we're still great friends. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas to you as well. Do you want to start the and a ha- off? And a happy new year. And gotta, a happy new gotta, year. I one up you. I'm fine with starting. Do you want to start? You got it. Okay. So again, I mentioned earlier after I said all that about Dean, I could actually change any of these up myself. <laughs> <laughs> like legit. Like I'm, I'm legit thinking that many of these could even be, I mean, my number one, my... Oh, this is just really, really difficult because there are some wonderful designers on this list. But I'm going to, for my first, my number five is going to be Simone Luciani. And Luciani has done Zulkin, has done The Voyages of Marco Polo, he's done Grand Austria Hotel, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, he's done Newton, and if you, in Barrage, which I haven't played, um, if you have listened to our podcast, at any, much at all, you know that several of these games are very high on the list for me. A Newton is a very, very good game that I love. Zulkin is a game I love. Um, I got a chance to play Grand Austria Hotel recently. It was extremely good. The only one on this list that I have played and wasn't as big of a fan of was The Voyages of Marco Polo. And I'd like to give it another shot, but for some reason, Dean had the same experience. It didn't give us the feels like it gives a lot of people the feels, did it, Dean? No, it did not. I, I'm. We were just talking about the second one. I'm interested in trying that. But, I want to play the second but one, but I don't feel like super hopeful about it because I had so much, I had so many hopes and dreams built on Marco Polo, and they were just dashed, crushed. Yeah, but dude, this guy, man, he makes some games. This is a list, buddy. <laughs> I hope they all make games. That's, you haven't played a lot on this list, actually. I've played Newton. I've not played Grand Austria. You played Grand Mar- Austria and, Hotel, Marco that's, Polo. and Marco Polo. I've played. I thought there was one more on that Zulkin. list. Zulkin. You haven't played Zulkin. I've not played Zulkin, actually. You have to play Zulkin. Yeah, that list that you just named off made me think, actually, that could potentially be on my list yeah. if, had I played more games. And that's a lot of designers, by the way. That's a, a big part of the struggle that I had. So that leads me into my number five, which right. is a really well-known designer, but one that has a ton of games and a lot of them that I have not played, but the ones that I have played, I really enjoy. And that is Reiner Knizia. Mm, okay. Which is kind okay. of a surprise if you know me. Yeah. I mean, I like theme a lot and there's not a lot of theme to these Reiner Knizia games, yeah. but the ones that I've played, I really have enjoyed not all of them. I'll say that, you know, we, we've played llama. We're not going to go there, but we know that we don't, we're not the biggest llama fans on this show. Oh my goodness. But, uh, like tigers from Euphrates, I think is, is fun. Now I've only played the app version. Some of these I've only played the app version, like tigers from Euphrates and the, uh, through the, through the desert raw Ra's not my favorite, but I still think it's fun. I like raw. Um, it's good. battle line, which I quite enjoyed lost cities. I really enjoy quest for El Dorado is one that I really like. So Hey, one on my, can I ask you this mm-hmm. one on my Christmas list is modern art. Cause I've never played it and I've always wanted to, and play I've not that. played that. Oh, okay. One. Yeah. Yeah. I've not played that. That's so, and also looking at this list, there's several like modern art, Lord of the Rings confrontation. Like there's several that I really, really want to play and I haven't. But there are so many games. If you look on Board Game Geek, and Medici's you look at, good, and you look at the uh, right, right, I like Medici as well. Um, I forgot that one. 
If you look on the because you have to go through like seven pages to get all his games. Fifty-eight pages, John. Oh my god! Fifty-eight pages of games for Reiner Knizia. And anyway, so that's a lot of games, a lot of really good games. I guess if you make that many games, eventually something's going to stick. I mean, right? There's definitely duds in there. <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, but there's also some really great games. Yeah, yeah. But even the duds for or us maybe are not necessarily games. duds because people like them. Oh sure. But anyway, that everyone's is not going to love everything that everyone makes. That's true. Maybe that's very true. Maybe not though. There's some on my list. Some some folks that are pretty. I like pretty much all they've done. All right. You may go to my Ryan next one. Ryan number five for me. All right. So my number four is man. This was so hard because I could see this being higher. The reason that I put it number four is just lack of volume. Right. So that's that's a that's a that's a challenge that I've had over the when I've coming up with this list is. Do you say, I kind of drew a line of, I have to really enjoy three of their games before I, that, that, that kind of helped me knock a bunch of names off the list where there might be a game or two that I love, but then I just went, Ugh, I, they, they don't have the breadth or I haven't played as many games, you know, many of their games. So there are people that you all might, that I, they, they could might easily make the list if I had just honestly played some more games. That being said, I, this guy has three games that's in my top 25. So I could I could use this justification for making him number one even. Like, that's you know what true. I mean? So like yeah. so that's why I said this is, again, with my jokes on Dean, whatever. It was totally a joke because I, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. Uh, this is Jamie Stegmeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Stegmeyer because Scythe is so high. We've talked about Viticulture so many times, uh, multiple times on this episode. It's so good and tapestry was very good i know there's mixed reviews on tapestry i know there are folks out here that didn't really like it i did dean and i both like tapestry the only i've not played charterstone and then the uh, there is a dud on the list for me is euphoria i just don't like euphoria really besides that though the, those three games are excellent so jamie stegmeyer number four yep i really enjoyed jamie stegmeyer's games as well my number four is uh, another one that I've I've mentioned on the show before as being a designer that I really tend to be drawn to. Now, I, I and that's Bruno Cathala. I'll go ahead and say that's Bruno Cathala. Bruno Cathala. Okay. But I, I even considered uh, Ludovic Montblanc because they've done several games together, and the ones that Ludovic has done outside of Bruno, I've really enjoyed. So, so I will go ahead and say that Ludovic is somewhere in that top ten probably as well. But, but the games from Bruno Cathala, Seven Wonders Duel. Five Tribes, Cyclades, King Domino. I've not played Mission Red Planet, but I've really uh, had that on my list for a while. Raptor is another one in Abyss. None of those I've played. Shadows Over Camelot is a top 50 game for me. Queen Domino. Like, there's a ton of really good games that that Cathala has worked on. Uh, Dice Town is, is one that I really, really enjoy as well. Anyway, uh, Yamatai, not my favorite, but it's still a, it's still a good game. You don't like it, but I, I still mm-hmm. like it. So anyway, that is Bruno Cathala, really great designer. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Bruno Cathala. There are some games that I do really... Seven Wonders Duel is great. Five Tribes is good. And then besides that, I liked Shadows Over Camelot. It was decent. Um, Queen Domino's okay. I don't know. He He's one that I... And this is, again, personal taste. I just don't connect with like a lot of people do. I just... His games are just mostly mediocre for me, but that's me. You obviously love him, so that's awesome. I do. I, you know, we all have different people that we're we drawn to. We definitely do. And so my number three is one that you all have had to have heard over and over and over again. I mean, Dean might even be surprised that he's not my number one. I don't know, 
Um, but he does games like, hmm, let's just see how long I can draw this out. No, one of Dean's, no, this is one of Dean's favorite games, Castles of Burgundy. I'm giving my number three to Steffenfeld. Are you surprised that he's not number one or not? Let me go ahead and say, so this will open up the conversation. Number three for me is also Steffenfeld. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we can go ahead and talk about this together. Okay. So I'll, I'll say for me personally, like the highlights are definitely Castles of Burgundy, my favorite game that he's done. Uh, I like Foreign Trajanum and Trajan a whole lot. Yeah. I like Notre Dame. Um, Carpe Diem was decent, a, a recent one. You know, La Isla is okay. I mean, that, that's that's the, the the thing with Stefan is I've got some games that I really, really like, and then there's also a lot of games that are pretty mediocre or not even that good, which is kind of what we talked about with Bruno Cathala or any of these people. I mean, dude. I there has I, to be. Everybody has. You have to. You're never going to. Yeah. Look, I mean. All of our episodes in Meebletown aren't golden, are they? Or are they, Dean? Oh, they're new. No, they're <laughs> definitely not. I mean, if you come up with we that much content, less hits than of we any have type of content, misses. you're going to have games, you're going to have albums, you're going to have things that aren't quite as good. Um, but I love Feld. He's, I do, uh, he's I do fantastic. Too. The only other one I think I might add is uh, Bruges. That is is one of mine and my wife's favorite and and go to games. Uh, I like like. I haven't Slay. played that one. No, I've got several games in in all the Castles of Burgundy iterations. So the card game and the dice game, I really enjoy both of those. I think the I also have several on my on my shelf of shame. Okay. I don't I don't know how many I'm trying to think. So what do you I, have on your shelf of shame? So I have. Uh, let's see. I just had. I got Yorvik coming today. Maybe that would tip it up. That, that probably will. So I have Aquasphere. Don't like that Aquasphere game. that I've had on there for okay. about a year, not a year, maybe like six or eight months, something like that. And uh, oh goodness, I just lost the oh Bora Bora. Bora Bora is the other one that I've wanted to play, and uh, and I've had on my shelf for a while. Luna is one that I really want to try, and I've just not had an opportunity to. There's several of those. Yorvik, which you're you're getting. Merlin is up at the top of ones that I really want to try. Steffenfeld. And my other top two games, I mean, really can be kind of interchangeable depending on what kind of a mood I'm in. But yeah, totally agree. Stefan Feld. So I guess it's my turn again. Number two. Yep. All right. This is absolutely a toss up between these next two. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Even right now, I don't even know who to put as my number one, but I'm going to, I got to make a call and I've got to get on my box and stand up strong like I told Dean to. And not hide behind a box. I don't know what I've, what the deal with boxes is, but something's happening. I've actually stopped listening to you. I'm going to give my number two to Uva Rosenberg. Yowzers. Whoa! What is that? What kind of a response is that? Hi. I know you don't you don't like him as much as I do. Um, well, let's talk about the games. Okay. I've not played as much. Okay. So these are some highlights for me: Caverna, Agricola, Lahav. I really like Cottage Garden. I really like Patchwork. Um, even Indian Summer and stuff. So it's okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with those games. I like Bonanza as a fun, like card kind of light game. I think that that's a pretty fun game. I really, I'm getting for Christmas. I know for sure a feast for Odin, and I'm pretty sure that game is going to be very potentially a top ten game. You'll, you'll when you watch videos, you can pretty much tell. You know what I mean. I mean when you're watching gameplay and stuff. And because of that, I mean, that's honestly one of the things that factored in. I, Uva just has a, he, that guy's got a ton of games and has a, I mean, he's one of the, those, I mean, there are some duds that are just not that much fun. But man, I mean, like Lahav and stuff, that's a great game. You'll love Feast for Odin for sure. You're, you're dead right about that. Um, I really like Agricola. I, I like 
Feast for Odin. I like uh, what's the one you just mentioned? Sorry, the one you just said. Lahav. Lahav. Yeah, I like Lahav, but there's nothing that really like that I love necessarily. That was my. That was part of my dis- like even with the games that I mentioned. None of those are top 10 for me. Yeah. But if you look at like top 50, there's a ton of games he's got on, like a lot that's on that. So that's why I had a hard time wrestling with Stefan has at least Castles of Burgundy. That's a top 10. Should I have put him? But then again, if I look at top 50, I'm probably going to have more Rosenberg games in there than Feld. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it's hard. It, it definitely is. I think some of the other ones that I have played, the um, Glass Road, I've just played the app version of that one, mm. and, and it was it was fine. But again, like it's hard for me to judge just based on app versions of games. Uh, Cavern is one that I've wanted to try for a long time, and I think I would really like that. My problem with... I think you would like that one a lot. With some Rosenberg games is that I feel like they beat me down, and I don't feel good about myself <laughs> after I play them. I mean, they are... Yeah, like Agricola. I mean, you gotta. If you, I'm like, I want to. I want to do something more with this farm, and and I and really, the, I like. And then the game's I like over. Agricola. I think it's fun, but then the game's over very quickly, and it's like such a like stressor to feed your workers and all that, and that's that's not my favorite thing in games. So anyway, yeah. What do you think about Bonanza? I've actually not played Bonanza. What? Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's like a great game or anything. But... I don't think I've ever even seen the TV show. Are you kidding me? I don't think so. Do you know, do you know who Boss Hog is? Uh, no, I've never played Fields of R.L. either, which I think I would like a lot. That, that oh, kinda, oh, that's another one. That's another one that's on the list that I really want to try. So I, I have a desire to play a lot of his games, but also um, they're not like I don't have like these huge ex- expectations for myself. It's just that when his games come out, they're a huge hit with a lot of people. It seems like most of his games are. Yep. All right, my number Did two. Did he even come close to making your list or not even a consideration? Uh, not really a consideration. Okay. Um, yeah, potentially top 10, but I don't know far that far down. Yep. But, all right, so my number two is a designer that you've already mentioned, so I don't have to go, oh, really yeah. go on that one a whole lot, but Jamie Stegmeier. Now, Jamie Stegmeier was one that I knew that was going to be on my list, but the difference is from these other ones, it's like you said, it's not like the breadth of the amount of games that, that he's put out. It's just how good they are. That's why it's a a crapshoot for me honestly because like Jamie has two games I think I'm on top 10 yeah so you could every anyone could say well you should have put him there but then I look at Rosenberg and there's a, there's a lot of really great games yeah yeah I totally agree so for me uh Scythe when I did when we did our top 50 games Scythe was my number three game on there Tapestry will be in my top five once I redo that I'm pretty sure because I really really like Tapestry Viticulture I I really like I like Euphoria I know you don't as much I didn't care for the uh, between cat, what is it between two, <laughs> between the castles of Mad King Ludwig? Ludwig? Yeah, he didn't that design game? that game. Oh, that's right. That's just his <laughs> game. That's right. All right, so you're safe there. I've not played. That's right. I'm actually looking at the list and I'm like, why is that not on here? Because he didn't design it. Published it. Um, Charterstone is one that I really want to try and I just haven't. But anyway, I'll never play that game because the games I, are just so. I can solid. never get legacy games in. And then Wingspan I, uh, is is a Stonemeyer, not Stegmeyer game. Sorry about that. Gosh. Yeah, you Never mind, I'm it. taking them off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's hard to separate the publisher and the designer in this one. But anyway. Oh my gosh. Yep, so take off Wingspan, although Elizabeth Hargrave crushed it on that game. So. Oh, she was awesome. But anywho, so Scythe and Tapestry, and, and because Euphoria is so good for me. And, and Viticulture. Viticulture. Yeah, three out of So you're those standing four. there still? You're still well, yeah, standing three there? Out of four, three of those are, two of those are top five games, which is crazy. And then the other one is a top, I think, 25, 30 games, something like that. And then Euphoria is probably top 100 game for me. 
Yep. So there you go. All right. All right. Now, you, <laughs> I butchered that one. Stegmeyer. You know who my number one is. I do. And I actually almost didn't put him number one, but just because. Well, I just he's value. he's one of those. No, he's also one of those that I haven't played as many games. I mean, he doesn't have he's he's not a Rosenberg with. I mean, he has a lot of games though. I mean, he has a, quite a few games, but one of the ones that I haven't played just a million of his games. It's just every time I play it, I go, "Wow, it's that's a great game." Yeah. Who is it? Fister. Alexander Fister. Party over here. I'm just gonna keep doing this. I was, I was, I was going to. How long are we gonna go on this? All right, so let's let's just mention some games. See, here's another thing. One of the reasons I put Rosenberg, which I know some people may be like, that's not fair because you haven't played Feast for Odin. I also there's some reason I'm putting Fister up top is because I know I'm gonna love Mombasa because I've watched videos. I know it's fantastic. Jonathan, who he and I agree with almost entirely on board games, it's a game that he loves. Um, but I have obviously, I have absolutely played Great Western Trail, which is fantastic. Blackout Hong Kong, I really like Blackout Hong Kong. You guys, y'all know I like Oh My Goods as my favorite pocket game. It's just put that in my pocket, play it. I absolutely love that game. Um, Isle of Sky is a great game. It's a great tile laying game. Um, I just got, which I mentioned on the last podcast, Expedition to Newdale. Again, nailed it. It's a really good game. You know, um, not my favorite out of these, but it's still, it's a really good game. I know I'm going to like Maracaibo. I know that I'm going to like Mombasa. So, um, man, I mean, dude, these games are like, I don't play games of his that I don't like. You know, I think one of his lowest score, I haven't played Broom Service. But that's still it's still rated over. Have you played that before? No, I haven't. And actually, I, because I knew that this was going to be on your list, I I was thinking about that game. I was like, I really want to try that because I think Fisher could potentially be a top five for me as well. But I just haven't played enough. Even that's rated seven point two. Like he he, I'm looking on this list. I mean, it was going, a, this guy doesn't have duds. Kenner Spiel winner, Spiel Jars winner. Oh, I don't know, man. I think it was. I think it was a winner. It's I, a winner. Good. Yeah, I mean, if he, it wasn't, then Dean's gonna make it a winner, right? <laughs> like l- legit. Like he doesn't have any games. Now, I mean, again, he doesn't have the breadth of a um, a Rosenberg or anything. But I mean, coming out with what he's got eight games or so that he's come out with, and none of them I think are under seven wow. on BGG. That's that is that's crazy. You know, um, I actually know there's the Mines of Zavendor. I don't even know what that is. Nope. But still, I mean, so many games to be rated so highly, especially with like uh, Great Western Trail was, was with a number two game on my top ten list. You know, what a game! You yeah. haven't played that, man. If you, I think you would really like. Anna. Yeah, I, 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 again, actually, I probably should have said that's the game I want to play over the Christmas break because I've, I've wanted to play that for you, you so long. You should have. Let's do that. Let's okay, play that. One. We can do that one. All right, uh, that's a really good pick, and I, I think, yep what i just said if i play more of his games i probably would totally agree with you because the ones that i have i've really enjoyed all right so what's your number one dean you know what my number one is i'm pretty sure i do and i'm this is one where i completely disagree with him except for i don't think you do you've not played any of his games except you've played two of his games that's probably true (laughs) (laughs) i just wanted to be controversial Uh, all right eric lang is my number one Eric Lang. You're supposed to join me. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. We're going. All right, I'm coming in. Going to the store. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, if you haven't shut the radio off yet, you know that I've really loved Eric Lang's games. My number one game of all time is Blood Rage. I love Blood Rage. Yep. Excellent game. Rising Sun. Okay, let me go ahead and say this first. Five out of my top 25, I think. If I if I counted that right, five out of my top 25 are Eric Lang games. Wow. What are they? Can you can you say those? Ooh, I uh, should have typed. Okay, so Blood Rage. Mm-hmm. And let's see, Dice Masters. Yeah, I don't like that. Rising Sun. Never All right, so that. that's uh, three of my top 12 right there. Okay. Okay. Yep. I've never played Rising Sun. And like we'll jump down to The Godfather, which was my number 22 game. You keep telling me that I like that game and I haven't played that one. I think either. you will. I think you will a lot. And then Arcadia Quest is my number 25. Okay. And then outside of the top. After that, in my top 50, I don't think there's another one. But uh, those, I think, are the. <laughs> They're not the only ones I've played, I don't think. But everything that I've played of Eric Lang has just been a hit of, hit for me. Now, there's several that I really want to play, and I haven't. Are you excited about Ankh, by the way? Yeah, so pumped. Okay. I mean, you know, two of my top 12 games are Rising Sun and Blood Rage. So, yeah, I'm pumped about it. XCOM is one that I've really wanted to play because I think that would be a cool app integration into a game. Uh, Lord of the Rings Confrontation, I mentioned that earlier, was, is one that I re- would really... I think I mentioned that earlier, did I? I think I, so. I, if, if you were, I weren't. I think I listening. did. Um, so that's one that I really want to try as well. And uh, and then other ones like like Courier's I Don't Have a Desire because of Dice Masters. And the others is one I would like to try. So anyway, there's, there's some other stuff going on that I, I really want to try. But I think... Yeah, everything that he's done that I've played has been a big hit. Oh, Cthulhu, Cthulhu Death May Die. I just got <laughs> so excited. I couldn't Cthulhu? Control Cthulhu. Cthulhu Death May Die is one that Ooh. I really, really want to try because I uh, missed the Kickstarter on that one. I just thought that I, I didn't want to go that route. But it sounds like an excellent, excellent game, and I really want to check that one out. So anyway, Eric Lang for me is number one. If you've listened to us before, that's probably no surprise to you. I know it's not a surprise to John. So there you go. That's it, man. All right. Our that top is episode five. Oh. five. Five. Our top five. And is it worth it? It's the question that we have to ask. <laughs> are the designers worth it? <laughs> yes, they're all worth it in their game. Yes, they are. <laughs> that's, that's good. Maybe we should close up shop after that yeah, one. <laughs> maybe. All right. Tell people how they can get in touch with us, John. <laughs> All right, if you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to subscribe or even write a review. That would be fantastic for us. In addition to that, we are on YouTube, and you can go subscribe to our channel. It would be really cool. And check out videos. We are coming out with at least one every week, if not two. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All those are at Meepletown Games. And finally, we are Board Game Geek Guild 34 Row 7. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown, and also Merry Christmas, Meepletown. Meepletown.